When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, sweethearts, what are you waiting for? Breakfast in bed? Another glorious day in the Corps. Day in the Marine Corps is like a day on the farm. Hello and welcome to Unequal Sequel. I am Dave and I am one of your two hosts of this exhilarating podcast. <laughs> and I'm Rich and I'm the other host of this exhilarating podcast. You are fishing for these words now, aren't you, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Think of me as Ellen Ripley to Dave's alien queen. I'm a badass bitch and so is he. <laughs> <laughs> The premise of Unequal Sequel is very simple. We ask our guests their best ever sequel, worst ever sequel, and finally their dream sequel. And of course, we quite often drift off and have some chats about movies and just life in general, really. We should also point out we do delve into movie spoilers about the movies we talk about. So if we mention a film you haven't seen or you don't want it spoiled, just skip that moment and come back to the next bit. Thanks. Yeah. But on today's episode, we are joined by Chris Glasson. Chris is a brilliant podcaster, and you might know him from Hardcore Listings with Stu Whiffin, which is one of my favourite podcasts. You may also have heard him on the Drunk Cast episodes of Distraction Pieces with Scroobius Pip, where he is hilarious. And I'm really, really chuffed that we got Chris on. He's brilliant. Chris and Stu, what a, what a team. Yeah. And we're very excited to sit down with Chris and chat all things sequels with him. These are Chris Glasson's Unequal Sequels. Enjoy! So Chris, what is your first memory of a sequel? Oh wow, what a good question. Okay, so I'm going to say Back to the Future 2. Nice. Yeah. Great shout. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, not trying to be pretentious, because that's, I mean, it isn't pretentious in the sense that everyone's seen Back to the Future 2, but it'd probably be a toss-up between that and Jaws 2. They're, they're two oh, wow. that, I would, okay. that I'd probably, like, would, that stick out. I'm sure I saw other sequels. I mean, I don't know how old I was when I watched sort of Return of the Jedi. That, but they, They're all sort of, like, in and around that same era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what a golden era. Yeah, but Back to the Future 2 really does stick out to me as a like a sequel. I was like, oh, wow, that was that was something else. And and weirdly, a tenuous link between that and Jaws is that there's the scene when he's in the he's in the town centre and uh, the big hologram of the shark and the Jaws theme sh- plays oh, yeah, and yeah. chomps him. And that terrified me. Quite different films, though, I'd say Back to the Future 2 and Jaws 2. Which one were we more excited about? Yeah, uh, oof, I don't know, because like... It's a different kind of adrenaline, isn't it? Like, um, mm. um, overall, I'd say Back to the Future 2 is the superior film. I don't think I'd be, um, like, anyone would disagree with me on that. But Jaws 2, I mean, it's still, like, as uh, I, I can't remember how old I was, pretty young. It was just 
terrify me, absolutely terrify me. I think probably the first three or four watches of that. I probably didn't get out of my teens before any horror film didn't have like quite a significant impact on me. I was always quite scared. But yeah, Back to the Future 2, there's just so much in that film, not to mention uh, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers that I didn't realise for years until I was a Chili Peppers fan in like, so like the mid nineties and someone was like, Hey, did you know Flea's in Back to the Future? I was like, no. And there he's yeah. in his double collar. But it's, it's just quotable. It's a great storyline that sort of like, obviously, you know, what drives great films usually is characters and, you know, the Doc and Marty, just their relationship is just a, is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. So Dave loves Back to the Future too. And so much so that he thinks it's, it's better than the first one. Are, yeah. you, are you in the camp if it's better same. than the first one? Yeah, absolutely. Like, sorry. Like, um, <laughs> I, I love Back to the Future. Don't, get me wrong the sort of like uh wanting to bang your own mum part is like a bit weird but I- i'm only joking like, i i think people want to put a lens on that that makes it seem a lot more creepy than it actually was in the film mm. it was it was yeah, yeah. comic relief in a way i just love like sorry there was a there was a hoverboard in back to the future too slam dunk yeah. i was finished man like yeah, yeah it was great i think it took it into and like what makes a good sequel building on maybe some of the like ideas that was the breadcrumbs of ideas that could be left in the first movie and and taking those sort of like following those thoughts through in a in in a smart way and i, I think back back to the future too did that yeah absolutely the thing with back to the future too is that that it falls into the category which normally makes a bad sequel which is they had absolutely no plan for what to do for it right. <laughs> at all so, so they, they had no plan for the last lines of back to the future so when doc comes back he goes it's your kids marty your kids <laughs> they're like well we're gonna have to do some of them as kids now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah right okay I, so I've, I've never looked into so like there's certain films i've looked into the development of quite heavily especially once DVDs and Blu-ray was a thing, because obviously there was director's yeah. commentary, wasn't there, on everything. But I, I've never looked into the Back to the Future production. To oh, be it's great. Yeah, have you never known about Back to the Future? They filmed it with a different actor for like three quarters yeah, of it. So, it might ever fly. And then, yeah, man. So it was, um, they decided it didn't work. Yeah, I know. Like they said, they just didn't get the, the thing out of, oh, I was going to kill me now, because I love the actor, Eric Stoltz. That's yeah, yeah, who um's great turn in pulp fiction, but he's he's done other he's he's done lots of great things. He's been in classic things, but then he's been in absolute killing Zoe is like the shit of a film. Yeah. So I think that was produced I think the script was written by Tarantino. Haven't seen that film in ages. I, I wonder how that's aged. That was one of my first VHS films. Yeah, so yeah, so Eric Stoltz, yeah, I, I forgot that he'd done it for ages and the chemistry wasn't there. I bet he was fucking kill, kicking himself, wasn't he? I bet he is. I bet he still got paid though, so it just didn't make him the star. It's made Michael J. Fox, yeah. basically. I have to ask then, are you a 2-1-3 kind of guy? Or are you a 2-3-1? What a good question. A... That's such a good question. There's some of us out there. If you, I, I, um, I, don't know if I, I don't know if there is a, a consistent pattern for me. I don't know if there is a consistent pattern. So, for example, Star Wars, I'm 2-3-1. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm Sorry, no, I'm not. I'm 3-2-1 three, <laughs> three, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the Future. I'm two one three. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's the most popular. One. Oh, is it? Is it? Is that? Is is that the? Uh... Actually, a lot of people are one two three on that as well. I was going to say I'm, I'm one two three on, on Back to the Future, but I, I do like three. <laughs> I'm convinced more people like two than uh, one. But doing this, it turns out that's not true. Oh, really? People are diehard. <laughs> yeah. one. I get it. I get it. I really do. Like, I can't hate on people for for that at all. No, they they both look like perfect films. Aren't yeah, they? man. And like, it's it's weird because my first film I ever went to the cinema to watch on my own. Like, you know, when your parents finally like, okay, yeah, go, yeah. get out, go on, you can go down to town with your mate. You're like, what? 
was at uh, Basildon Towngate Theatre for a short run when it had been built. They were putting movies on, and I watched, um, yeah, uh, Back to the Future 3. So, yeah. So. That, that oh, is much brilliant. better than the film I saw when I was allowed to go alone, which was Casper the Friendly Ghost. <laughs> Oh, dude. You know what? I've only recently watched that. It's not bad. (laughs) It's not bad. I watched it at Halloween. It's all right. I can't remember uh... what mine was. I have no idea. I remember my my little brother's first one, which was South Park Bigger, Longer, Uncut. Oh, amazing. Because he was was only like 12. And I was like, just pop, you're tall, put this popcorn in front of your face. No one will know. (laughs) I just sneaked him in with me. Oh, my God. (laughs) What a film to see at the cinema. I I genuinely was in the, I was sat on the, um, I was on the aisle, and I was I was falling into the aisle, laughing so hard when I when I first watched that. <laughs> yeah, that's a great film. Is Rich? Is your is this your little brother that's bigger than you? He's not bigger or than me, it? no. But he's I'm I'm six six. So I think he's six five. Think we make him we make him big there, in our family. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I'm just jealous of anyone that's over like five foot seven. That's why we're on equal sequel, Dave. Because you're five six, and I'm six six. That's what it's all about. <laughs> I think you're being generous with five six. Though. It's like five five and three quarters. I always take I'm five nine and three quarters, and I I, I round it up. I used to round yeah. it up on you know dating sites. Yeah, exactly. My first date with my wife, I wore boots, and it literally gave me an outfit each. So, so our second date, she's like, "You've shrunk." It's like, ah. got my claws yes. in you now with my, my yeah. charisma. So it's too late. Yeah, but I'm charming, right? <laughs> What is your best sequel ever? Yeah, I mean, a big list. And we spoke, we did touch on it, obviously. So we were lucky enough to have you guys come on Hardcore Listed and you did uh, your top five sequels. It was, a, it was a great episode, really enjoyed it. And um, one of your five, oh, am I ruining this? We discussed this sequel. So my top, my favourite sequel ever is Aliens. And it's, it's, I don't say that lightly because there's a lot of just sort of like incredible sequels out there. And I actually find it much easier to name really good sequels than I do terrible ones. I don't know if that's because I just repress how bad some (laughs) films are. And actually, yeah, I I used to because I used to actually never mention certain sequels. I wouldn't let people say them, say their names around me. Honestly, (laughs) I I used to get aggressive about them. I'd be like, don't (laughs) say its name. And... um, (laughs) Can't wait. But Aliens... Can't I, wait through that one. <laughs> aliens, it just had such a profound impact on me. Like, like it, I, I can't always tell you where I saw a film. I can tell you who I saw that film with, you know, the room we watched it in, what was going on around that time, the excitement. Yeah. And, and then just what it, what, it did to, what it did to me as a person. It was kind of like, it really did... I think I saw it before Alien, to be fair, which did probably did my experience of that favour. Maybe if I was 10 years older and I'd seen Alien first, maybe my relationship would be different with it. Yeah. But from, from that, I became, that, that really did cement my sort of love of that, that sci-fi horror and, and science fiction in general. And just like, it was an obsession of mine, Alien. So, you know, we haven't even got into the film, but so at that point I started buying all the comics I had like a mm. Colonial Marines manual, which literally had all the schematics of all the weaponry, how the weaponry worked, the different colour grenades, like each grenade that you'd put in a pulse rifle has a different colour <laughs> top. So I knew what were the incendiary rounds of the armour piercing. I, I, I didn't need to know that information. And that's when I realised that um, 
I was never going to get laid and uh, I probably <laughs> wouldn't have a great relationship with girls for the start of my, uh, I was just such a nerd. I was just a nerd for it. And like we, me and my, um, me and my mates, I, like, I had a good buddy who was an incredible uh, artist. He was sick when he was younger. And even by the time I met him at school, a uh, senior school, he could draw just the most incredible artwork, like a uh, comic mm. book style. And I'd have, he'd draw aliens all over my pen cases and of chestbursters coming out of my, my like he'd draw me, chestbursters ripping out of me. I think he hated me actually. But we'd, we'd go to like WH Smith's <laughs> and I, I just have such fond memories of, I, sit on the floor in WH Smith's because that's they used to sell the graphic novels and read like back to front Aliens Genocide, which was probably about a two and a half hour read, just on the floor of of WH Smith's. And then the Alien War came out, the Trocadero. And I was there like all the time. I think I went four times and I'd like to the point where I would I was throwing myself at the aliens when they appeared. Like um <laughs> I wasn't, an, I was a bit of a strange kid, I guess. Like the aliens would literally come at, like there's certain points where the alien would come out. And I, do you guys know about Alien War? Do you know what it was? I never went, but I've heard about it. Yeah, my parents wouldn't take me. I was scared. It was scary, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, for, 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 for the listeners who, who don't know, Alien War was, they basically, uh, this basically hired this area that they turned into sort of like, almost like a, a laboratory where uh, it looks a little bit like LV-426 from Aliens. And you go there as a, like, um, a visitor and then it's a lab and a, Aliens break out, excuse me. And um, they had all the, they had loads of the, they had some of the costumes from, I think, Aliens and they'd made a few. And you get chased around by Aliens and it's just incredible. It's terrifying. And uh, yeah, I don't know how old I was. I must have been like 14, 15, give or take. Mm. And I just, I loved it. But I, like the first few times you realise that some of the people who go in who you think are just like punters because they come and sit, stand in the queue with you for like, you know, half hour. They actually work there. So when the alien appears, uh, they grab them and yank them oh, out wow. of the lifts and stuff like that. And so it's terrifying. And even knowing that, you know, the, it's not real, you very, very quickly don't care. And like, mm. there's people literally almost stampeding over you to get get away from the alien, and you know it's not it's not real. And yeah, but after about my second time, I was like, oh right, okay, I've been in that elevator scene. Oh, I, I know I know where they take the person. So like the third time, I was standing in the spot where the the plant was supposed to stand. The guy was going, please, mate, just get out of my way. Like, please, just stand there. I was like, no, no, it's fine. And the door opened and <laughs> the alien <laughs> goes like that, went to grab me, realises, obviously, because the actor knows, in the alien suit knows I'm not the guy, went to grab me and then went <laughs> and took the guy to me. <laughs> and yeah, so anyway, it's a little story of Alien, alien Trocadero. Um, that's, how, that's how fanatical I was. And that's before we talk about how amazing the film is. But um, talking about aliens, I've heard rumours of um, um, them doing maybe um, follow-ups again. I mean, it's a, a massive franchise. And, um, yeah, Neil Blomka, uh, the guy who did like, yeah. District 9 for a while was going to do And that looked dope. Make a sequel that ignored Alien 3. Well, that's not a bad thing, is it? No, <laughs> it, was my, it was my... Do you know what the funny thing? It was my prayers for many, many a year, like, after seeing Alien 3. And I didn't even hate it. It just wasn't... Mm. It just didn't live up to Aliens. And, you know, alien, and the reason what makes Aliens so great is it had such a tough act to follow. It had to try and follow a genre-defining movie, a movie that mixed science fiction with horror in, like, a, yeah, it, there weren't many out there doing it to that yeah. standard. Alien is like a point in cinema that stands the test of time. Like, it's, it's not just 
for being sci-fi horror, just being a piece of work that stands out. Alien is is pretty memorable, and then Aliens comes along and absolutely, oh, that's something completely different. And it's magic. Yeah, it's yeah, it's just so good. Um, that like so, I in preparation for this, I knew that there's a t um, there's a Netflix thing called the film, the yeah. movies that made us. And there's mm, one on aliens, yeah. and I, I really recommend anyone from the who, who's who comes from this sort of like loves their eighties and nineties action and and sort. Of, there's loads of that and horror, and uh, the aliens one is incredible, and it just talks about the the, the whole production and um, yeah. the production itself yeah. was a war. So I think I think the yeah. slug line of aliens is this time it's war. Well, the, the production was chaotic, like um, you know the sort of like James Cameron and and his um, Galen Hurd, who was then his wife, like the American team coming over and the british production so just being like enough yeah, nope. yeah. <laughs> we're having a cup of tea see you later <laughs> see, yeah, the, tea breaks, the extras yeah. on the uh when they did the first box set of the the four of them is so good and cameron's reaction when they bring out like the tea and um 11 o'clock coffee like cart is just brilliant you should watch that it's so good he couldn't believe it like oh no we're all stopping for 11 for a piece of cake and a cup of tea and he couldn't get over it <laughs> You've only got the certain space for a certain amount of time, and he was going mental. It's a slight, a slight spoiler for the podcast, but we've got a, a guest coming up, Ian Nathan, and he's on that episode. Oh yeah, we're talking about. So ah. he's a talking head on that on that movies that made us the aliens episode. Really? Um, yeah, we've got him coming up as a guest oh, in shit, a couple of man. episodes' time. So he was in the production <laughs> crew, was he for Aliens? Or no? But he's a he's like a James Cameron expert, isn't he? I think. Amazing. Oh god! Who's James Cameron, oh, that, Jim? That, I kind of empathise with uh, Jim yeah. <laughs> uh, quite a bit because, like, that was his like make or break film. So he obviously had a talent for writing. He was a fucking set designer, and he was a talented mm, yeah. one. And then, and uh, and and then he 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 wrote obviously and and directed Terminator. But that wasn't like a, a studio movie in the, the same sense. It was very indie. And so when he got the budget for Alien, which was Aliens, is it's so mad. It's on a shoestring budget, really. Like it, it blows my mind. I think his budget was like fifteen and a half million compared to all the other stonking movies yeah. uh, that it, it, you 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 put it alongside. Their budget was twice that. So for, for James, it was kind of like we've got this amount of money and we've got to we've got to make this film. Like I've got to make it as good as it can be. And because he's like, um, you know, he's a bit of a perfectionist. I guess he was a bit of a it could be difficult on the set but it talks about um that it talks about the tea lady like the fact that he filled the the studio for some of these uh final scenes with the queen and filled it with smoke and they said it took ages to get the smoke the level that he wanted and then like the a bit like the end scene of aliens when the doors open and the power loader walks through with ripley in the doors open and the tea lady walks through and all the smoke starts pouring out of the out of the studio set i probably would be fuming too but i think there's a way to talk to people and i think james wasn't at that point in his career and i don't know i mean he's probably never needed to learn no. the art uh, how to ask someone in a manner that's going to get him to do what you want because people just know don't say no to James and um, yeah. do what he wants, no matter what he says, because he's going to deliver. And uh, yeah, he, he does. Yeah. So what are your favourite scenes out of Aliens? So um, what I love about it is um, sort of, I love setup and payoff in films and I love it when you don't see it coming because that, uh, that gives you a sort of like, oh, fucking that's brilliant. You know, the best films do that. 
and and the, the the setup of the power loader scene where Ripley's just trying to help and contribute because she's still kind of a fish out of water. She was a survivor from the first film. That's her story arc. It's like she had to to sort of like just get out of there. She's a survivor. She's not a Marine. And now she's put in a position where she's with a bunch of Marines who have no respect for her. Mm. Understandably why. And she's trying to help. So, you know, she uses the power loader and, and, and whatnot. And um, you just think, oh, right, nice one. Good old Ripley just getting her head down. And I think that's what she kind of does is like she gets stuck in. She doesn't shout about it or make a big show and, and, and of who she is, what she's doing. She's just like, right, okay, let me help. And then at the end for her to then sort of like you think it's darkest before the light in any movie like at pinnacle of act two everything's really going wrong the, the queen's come back and she's chasing chasing newt round and then for the doors to open and the power loader to walk out and for sigourney to deliver a line get away from a bitch i just love it it's just it's such a powerful scene and um it has that payoff like oh amazing because i think what they do so well in aliens is i i i i, I, could, I can always suspend my disbelief through it because it always mm feels like in many ways hopeless like they don't have engagements with the aliens where they come off better they just repeatedly get the shit kicked yeah. out of them and you know in terms of a character a believable strong character like what chances Ripley got against the alien queen like none so if you think she was gonna just jump around and start kicking it or punching it or or whatever she, she didn't have a chance she didn't have a gun so how can you make that an exciting scene put her in a big suit of armor one well a power loader so yeah i love that i love how they sort of even the playing playing film and again how they shoot it is such that the alien and the power loader are about the same speed and pace and strength so it, it gives you that sort of throughout it that level of jeopardy that you you would you'd want in a in a sort of like climatic final scene so yeah for sure that yeah the fact that the alien because the fact they didn't have cgi and the alien kind of moves almost puppet like because it is a puppet isn't it essentially uh, i think that gives it like an extra kind of reality almost you know even though it's surreal it's kind of makes the alien look like a real thing rather than a you know a slickly animated alien might yeah i mean i don't i mean at what point did i start looking at anim- animatronics and be like okay that's clearly not real Hmm. back then did did i even question it i'm not sure when i look back when i watch it now yeah i do see that it's very very apparent you know just like go back and watch jaws and just realize quite how fucking shit that shark is but yeah like it does it does give it a quality which and like i still these days i'm I'm well up for just watching animatronics and 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 i'm happy with that i can i can watch that and go yeah like if, if if you're delivering a really good story yeah I'm not. I'm not going to pick that apart unless it's really bad, really badly done. I mean, CGI these days is so good that you can sometimes not tell, but then they get addicted to it, and it's kind yeah. of like you're just doing that, but it's not serving. It's not serving anything. It's just like a more expensive budget. You've probably got a bigger budget. You probably earn a bit more money for doing it. But I- There's no point having great CGI if you don't have a great story to tell. Like you know, it just doesn't work. I mean, I think um, I saw I saw Alien and Aliens. And Alien 3, a very different point in my life. And I think both you and Dave mm. did, because you both watched it when you were younger. Mm. And I bought bought like a three-disc box set when I was at university. So it was like 2003, 2004 yeah. when I watched it. So I think I had a completely different reaction to it than, than you guys, because obviously I wasn't quite as kind of scared of it, yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, and I sort of knew the, the basic premise of it. But I think... 
I think it still makes it a great movie. Like it's still, I think, and that's that's testament really. Is that you can watch something when you're a kid, and that ingrains and imprints on your brain, and you love it forever. But then, if you can, if someone can watch it as an adult, where they don't have that kind of reaction and those memories and that nostalgia yeah. for it, and it's still great, I think that's that's testament to a really good movie. Absolutely, yeah. Rich. Yeah, yeah. Because not everyone who's going to watch it. it a film can only stand the test of time if it's able to do that, right? Otherwise, you're just yeah. gonna—it's just gonna be one of those things where you had to be there. For example, Molly will be like, her favorite film is Angus Dong's and Perfect Snogging, and I'm like, and I've watched it with her, and I'm kind of like, this is so bad. Let me show you the films I grew up with, <laughs> and and, and I and try and say, do you think what one's standing up to the test of time? And Molly's just like, no, no, Angus Dong is is, is definitely better than ET, and I'm like. <laughs> 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 but um, for it to, for a great movie to stand up, it has to have it has to tick all those boxes. It's got to be, it's got to know it needs to operate within its budget. Yeah. I think especially science fiction. Mm. James learned how to push that really well. But then it has to have a really good story structure, good story arcs, and obviously really importantly your characters. You know, if you don't have strong characters, and and Aliens is packed full of them. Um, yeah. So a lot of my favourite scenes are with. Hudson, Private Hicks and Private yeah, Hudson it. and Bill Paxton being the sort of like the cop. It's not comedy relief because he's, all his comments are like sarcastic, but he's still in a dour sort of thing. Right? So one of the funniest uh, lines I, I think is when they're all talking about what to do and then li- the little girl Newt is throwing in her sort of like 10 pence worth and he just says, oh, that's great, man. Why don't we put her in charge? And it just kills me, man. Just, that level of sarcasm when he's, he's distressed is, is incredible. So yeah, he, he serves as a not only sort of like in a way a comic relief, but to sort of like show the overconfidence of um, humans in military power. Yeah. So when he's like, we've got nukes, nah, sharp knives, sharp sticks, he's mm. kind of like saying, we, we don't think we're in a prop, we're in trouble here. Like we're going to go in there with our guns and uh, and aliens are obviously the great leveler. They, they're kind of, they're amoral. They don't care about dying. And um, yeah, so... And I think that's one of the things that James Cameron does really well as a director is that life life isn't always serious and life isn't always funny and life isn't always dramatic. It's a mixture of all of those things. And it's really nice to have in a really serious, scary movie, a really action-based movie, a bit of comedy, you know, because there would be. If it was real life, you're going to have someone on your crew that's making jokes because that's how people deal with that sort of shit. You know, that's... I, I really like that. And you get that in Terminator 2 and you get that in, like, in other James Cameron kind of movies is that it doesn't matter if they're serious and everything's exploding and the world's on fire, there's still something funny about it. Yeah. Absolutely, dude. Gallows humour, right? Like, yeah. uh, we, like, we have, like, when we do our serious podcasts, if you believe it or not, and we might have guests on like some like we had stacy paris on who who lost both her legs to like a, a flat like that awful flesh eating disease and like the jokes she makes through it and like there was there was jokes we made on there but there was also jokes when the, the thingy stopped rolling i was like i really wanted to say this joke and it was in such poor taste and i was like i think you'd been all right with it stacy but you know i still want to be careful about our audience yeah, yeah. and stay mm-hmm. I, I think it was something about changing a light bulb and um, she was like, I wish you had a said it because she's got gallows humour about it. And like, yeah. um, I, I have definitely got gallows humour. I, I can't help but I can't help but joke about the worst things that have happened to me. And it's not because I don't care. It's So, yeah, you do have that. It's so funny as well, Rich. I watched, um, I should have watched Aliens last night. But um, I, I've, I mean, I have seen it mm, a lot. 
It's, it's yeah. worth saying a lot, a lot, a lot. I watched Bone Tomahawk again. Oh, last brutal. Time. It's just a, sh- a shit-hot film. It's so funny. And like the, I didn't realise it. It's my second watch. I've been saving it a long enough distance so I could really enjoy it again. It's, it's, it's a really funny film. It's very witty. And like I just didn't catch it on first watch. How I've not seen it. I'll have to look it up. Oh, my oh Rich, Lord, you're man, in for a treat, please. mate. <laughs> Ooh, it's it's so it's it's equal parts western horror and um it's got wit in it and the guy then wrote uh brawling cell block 99 and dragged across the concrete this guy knows what he's doing he's he's, he's a great writer he's written a lot of western novels mm. Bone tomahawk is, is is amazing he's got one of my favorite heroes in of all time uh kurt russell and he's just in, it's incredible and like i i put on two films before it and ended up like i couldn't really dial into him and yeah. it was quite late and I put t- Bone Tomahawk on, had no problem. Even though it's two and a half hours and I was quite tired, it just kept me up. It's just so good. Oh, my Brilliant. God. Brilliant. No, I watched your, I watched your, your least favourite movie <laughs> in preparation for today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I've got so many as well. So um, what other, what other it's, it's, it's before difficult. we go on to the bads and the disappointments, what other yeah. list have you got for the goods? What other ones would have been up there? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me. Let me. Uh, let me have. He wrote them down, ladies and gentlemen. He's a pro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing is, is that there's just so many. I thought I could start. I could just reel them off, but I just want to make sure. I thought Raid Two was yeah. good. That was like double all the action ever. Wrath of Khan, yeah. Dark Knight Rises, yeah. Days of Future Past, Spider Man Two, X Two. They're all. Um, Did you say Dark Knight um, Rises? The third um, one. Is it? Dark or just Knight? the Dark Knight? Oh, sorry. No. No, the Dark Knight, sorry. My, I just check Fa- Thank you. Thank you. God, no, yeah, obviously the Dark Knight. Dave nearly fell off his chair then. <laughs> I wanted to yeah, hear Yeah, I was a little bit gutted with that. Dark Knight Rises. We might get to that um, in a minute. Mad Max yeah. 2, I thought it was really good. Friday 13th. Yeah, um, yeah so, I mean, I, I could, they're the ones I noted for some random reason, but there's just there's just, there's just so many. I mean, I've not even gone into like the, the more recent marvel things because there's just so many like the whole of end uh end game in infinity or i thought was masterfully done yeah mm. oh there's just so many yeah so they're the ones that popped into my head that were kind of less obvious obviously return of the jedi yeah but aliens a- aliens is number one. Oh, oh terminator 2 judgment judgment oh, yeah. obviously Really great when Dave sent me your message that you were you, the, you were talking between the th- two of you. They forwarded me the message on, and I was like, "This is going to be a good episode," because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, "I've got so many, <laughs> so many films to talk about." <laughs> I think I focused more as well, like then on like, uh, like I was thinking about worse movies because I felt like like good good sequels that there, there there have been there have been like so many. Um, are there any ones that you kind of like absolutely adore as well? I mean, you did your top I mean, five, so I guess did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I'll, I, I mean, Terminator Two for me is yeah. is my ultimate. Paddington Two for Rich. Um, yeah, I love oh, Paddington man, Two. On. I love Karate Kid Two as well. So do I. Like, yeah, it doesn't get enough love because no. that's that's a great movie. What is the the most disappointing sequel you've seen? So not the worst. Disappointing. We just mentioned Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so I'll do uh, Matrix Relo- Matrix Reloaded. Brilliant answer. It's the perfect answer, Chris. It's the one I made the question around. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Like, it's such a fucking weird thing that because if you dial back, so so the Matrix. This is this is what a good film does. Like it had us at the end when Neo. Spoiler for anyone who watches Unequal Sequel and hasn't seen the Matrix. I found highly unlikely when Matrix gets up after getting filled with lead me and one of my best mates were literally almost on our feet 
like beg it, like willing him to get up and just like you know realize that he's the one X Y Z yeah. and, and 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 like it just ends and we were just like oh my god I don't know what I've just seen but it's literally changed my life and then you know obviously it, it smashed it at the cinema and then they when they just before they what is it reloaded the cinema yeah. and then is it Revelations is the third Revolutions one? Yeah. Revolution yeah sorry again it's a little bit repressed because. Yeah. <laughs> It kind of made me a bit sad because the, do you remember all the animated hype that they did and the an, that those the animatrix, oh my sorry. god the animatrix, yeah, the animatrix yeah. and the Renaissance mm. part part two was amazing it was so good and in that little animation it showed how humans had come to humans and um, robots or AI had come to sort of like change uh, stature in the world and how humans had mistreated AI it was insanely good so I got to watch and reload it. I couldn't be more excited for film. Well, I could, but that's for my worst sequel. But <laughs> and then to watch it, and it was—you could see they had tried. There was no lack of effort in that movie. Like it was the production again was filled with um, problems, and yet, and yet it it got too clever for its own good. And I remember mm. coming out of then, you know, at the end when he sat, he sat in there with, um, you know, um, the architect, yeah, the architect, the the, the colonel. <laughs> Basically giving you all this psycho babble about the nature of reality and whatnot. And there's me really going, yeah, yeah, really paying attention. Like, yeah, okay, got it, got it, got it. Coming out of cinemas and a lot of my friends were like, oh, I don't know, man, I don't know about all that. And I was like, yeah, no, no, I think it was good. <laughs> <laughs> and like the, the longer longer I spent about it, I was like, I, I'm not sure if that was, that was quite what I wanted it to be. Like, I think it didn't have a confident as confident ending and, and and i kind of it what was worse is when the next film came out and it didn't answer half of those questions i kind of was like now it really seals its fate as being a lot worse than what i thought because you yeah. you set a lot of pretense in there and then you didn't actually end it it's like lost the tv series or um what what did it really well was battlestar galactica the tv show like it asked big questions and it it made an effort at answering them all and I respected that. And Matrix didn't really do that. So, yeah. I mean, there's loads of good things to like in it, but yeah, just a bit like, ah. Oh. You're a gamer, Chris, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Not not as much now. Do you, do you remember like the game that be. came out just before it, Enter the Matrix? Yes. I never played it. Oh, man. It was so good. It, it brought yeah. me into the hype. I was like, this film's going to be absolutely incredible because the game was amazing. And then I went it to looks a, so good. yeah, and then I went. You should play it again. It's, it's it's held up. And then I went to a twelve o'clock showing of the Matrix Reloaded. Uh, I had so many angry friends afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, okay. they were. I was so disappointed. What were they, What what made what made you so? What was the most disappointing sort of things about it? What did you not? The ending bullshit. I just couldn't get. You're like you got it. I couldn't with the the colonel. It's got one great like car chase in it. Like the oh, freeway chase amazing. is probably one of the best free chase like car chases yes. in film history. But everything else the fights looked like playstation 2 fights the animation um the cgi wasn't very even if there's better films out at that point that was doing it better like you said they probably tried too much to be honest it just didn't it was enough i loved bullet time and they kind of dropped bullet time because everyone was mocking it at that point as well um it's just a bit disappointing because the matrix is like next level kind of stuff but oh yeah yeah going got my girlfriend to watch it about a year into our relationship she was like so I could tell she was literally, I was having to strap her down to watch it. 
And um, I, I don't, it doesn't have the shine that it did to originally, like when I first watched it. But I mean, for me, it'll always be, it'll be held it, very It's out in the up. cinema at the moment. So take a go and see it at the cinema because ah. that always changes oh, some, someone's opinion. You're like, no, now I get it. Yeah. It's like me in 2001. Yeah, I really I hated it before, but then I saw it on the IMAX and I was like, okay. I still don't understand what the fuck is going on at the end, but <laughs> as a piece of film. A third of 2001 makes sense. Yeah. The rest of it, it's just like. <laughs> I don't get it, but it's great. Just remind me of another good sequel, uh, Blade Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I thought I thought they extended that um, in a in an absolute incredible way. Yeah, you love that, don't you? Dave? That yep, that is a great sequel. That's one of my favourites. What is your worst sequel ever? It's so I I must sound like such a weirdo because I thought of so many and there were so many angles I could have gone down. And then I kept thinking, like, <clears throat> look how good Aliens was. And like, and then Alien 3 came out, and I was like, uh, it's not great, but it's not the mm. worst. And then out came Alien Resurrection, and I was like, which came out a few weeks after Paul Verhoeven's Starship Troopers, which I fucking loved. Mm. And I still feel is like, is it people sleep on actually how genius and good that film is and funny yeah, and absolutely. satirical it is and all that other good shit. Resurrection came out, I went, I was so looking forward to Resurrection. I was like, no, no, no. If you think that's good, in a couple of weeks, Resurrection's out. That, I was like, I'm not quite sure what's going on with that. I was upset. <laughs> a little bit like Reloaded. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty certain that was a bad film, but I love Aliens so much. <laughs> and then obviously they let it die for a bit. They went off and did their Alien versus Predator thing. Whole different conversation that. And then I heard that the person who had set the, the genre up Ridley Scott was coming back to do Prometheus and I was like if there's someone who can can just go listen I don't know what you guys were doing with Alien 3 or or, or um, Alien Resurrection but let us dial it back to the good shit and I thought yeah it's going to be fucking excellent and it killed the franchise in, in my mind it killed the franchise it killed me it broke my little heart and uh, and that is my <laughs> That's my worst sequel of all of all time. Oh, I'm so sad. Look at his face. <laughs> broke it for you. I, I can generally feel the emotion. Well, I'm going to back up Chris uh, here because the build-up and the hype was big for this, wasn't the it? The trailer. Oh my god, do you remember the yeah. trailer? Yes, Chris. It, I had to so do many work on the, some kind of TV spots. Yeah, yeah. Did you really? Oh, not my. good ones. As in, like the ones that are going to the supermarket for the DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story. But I remember there being, because Loretta Scott returning, they were doing um, Secret Cinema, were doing Prometheus as their launch thing. Right, it was right. massive, absolutely huge. Like, is it an alien film? Isn't it an alien film? I had a mate that kind of worked, did, a friend of a friend, I should say, was doing construction and building sets for Prometheus. He's like, no, mate, it's definitely an alien film. So in my head, I was like, fucking hell, we're going to get a really good alien film. Ridley Scott is making an alien film. Uh, and then I went and saw it, and I was like, oh, that is, oh, that oh, is not good. I was almost completely opposite, Dave. It was a point in my life where I wasn't really in watching films and stuff at all. I yep. didn't wasn't into any of the hype. And I went to watch it in the cinema having no idea that it was an alien film at all. And so I got the kind of, like, the, the reveal for me was like they sort of see a bit of wall and it's got like it looks like the where the aliens mm. are hiding in the wall in in aliens. And I was like, is that is that fucking aliens? Is this an alien film? <laughs> so I had no clue. I had literally no clue. And 
So for me, it kind of had that kind of like nice ah. excitement. Happy that It was an alien movie, and then it turned out not to be quite so good. I think the first <laughs> half an hour of this film is great. The build-up is really strong. And then when the mapping expert mm. gets lost, I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm sorry. That's the point. It was such a really dip. But Chris, go on. You let's. No, man. I, I, I'm with you on that. And actually, just to hop back to what Rich said, if it isn't an aliens film, you might watch that and go, "Have you ever seen that um, sort of like that little that that sort of like it didn't do too well at the cinema, but it was like an indie science fiction with quite a big bucket. I think they wanted it to do better than it did, but it's actually quite good. And it, it asked some weird, strange questions about the nature of humanity and, and creators and, and creators relationship with the things that they create. Oh yeah. No, no. I thought that was quite good. All right, cool. Hmm. It, it would get more of a pass. Yeah. The problem is like what, what they keep doing Hollywood is they keep destroying our heroes and shitting on fans. And they like, like there's a, there's a massive culture like of people like me who maybe not as as like obsessed with it as, as I was. Bear in mind, I, I'd got over my alien obsession for like 10 years by the time this came out. So I wasn't quite as mad, but you've got this, this absolute real fan base of people who have kind of have, you've got to kind of like help them. They're, they're the people I think you should service first by writing a good story. I'm not saying it should just be for, for fans and not, you know, and, and, and put down any other critical success facts as a movie, but you service the real fan base with a, a story that pays tribute to yeah. what, what's been, what's come before. And I kind of hope Ridley Scott was going to do that. And instead what you get is just an absolute mess of a film. Like it's a mess in the way that Re- Matrix Reloaded is, is it tries to ask big questions, gives mm. no answers to it. Mm. Like any of the big, more sort of like theological sort of things. And like, there's a sort of like foreshadowing at the start because she's kind of like, they find a, a painting on a wall in a cave and they go, oh, that's, I think that we should go to this star. All right, cool. We got uh, anything really to base this on? Because this is going to cost a couple of quid. And she's like, no, but I just choose to believe. It's like, okay, cool. Right. So this is going to have a little bit of that in there. And at that point, like Dave says, I was, you know, I'm still suspending my disbelief. I'm like, okay. Because if a film is brilliant, there'll be aspects of it where you go, yeah, I know that wasn't perfect, but I, I forgive it for how the rest of the plot was served. And at that point, I was like, okay, right. So there's going to be sort of like these sort of big questions. And at the start, you've got some lad who lands on Earth and you realise all life on Earth was given by a guy who sacrifices himself to, to give, to put like, you know, amoebas in the ocean or whatever, however you want to think of it. I thought, oh, what? It's going to be all these big questions. And then it's like... It's like half a hand job. It's like they, they, they get they get you to that point and then they excuse me for the analogy. And then they just <laughs> run <great> off. Analogy. <laughs> and, and and you're sort of like, you've you've blue balled me here. You've done you've you've not answered anything. And and then you start to think to yourself, did you have a plan with this? Like, was there did you really know what you was doing? What story you was you gonna tell? And then later on I find out that they didn't really. And that the script is a mess, mate. And it's even the small things like you're like you were saying there, Dave. Within like the first like, and I, I didn't pick up on this, but when I rewatched it, within within a little bit, that David the android, he's like watching films to learn languages, but also FYI, he's a he's a fucking computer, so mm. why don't you just download it? Didn't Matrix teach you that? But cool, all right, you want to make it look cool, and then he like when when um the captain wakes up, he's like, uh, oh, how long's it been? And he gives it the breakdown of how many years it's been, and then he says something like one day, thirty six hours, and. And, and and 16 minutes it's like 
36 hours isn't that another day so instead of it being one day it should be two days 18 hours and it's like that sounds stupid it sounds like a stupid detail to pick up on but it's indicative of people who do not give a fuck about what they're what they're really doing the captain yeah. wakes up decorates a christmas tree and like like literally uh idris elba great actor but by that point was uh, uh, probably like buying into his own like bullshit he was so big I don't think he was, he didn't look like he cared to be in that movie. And a lot of the other actors, actors didn't, um, makes mad random choices. Like at the end, he sacrifices himself to, to take down a, an alien ship by smashing their expensive ship into the alien ship. Have, have you, you're telling me <laughs> that ship doesn't have autopilot, like a Boeing, every, every plane in Eng, like in the world now has autopilot. You guys could have been like, but this is going to be a bit of a rough one, but I think what we need to do is maybe jettison part of the ship and smash the rest of it. No, no, we'll just, we'll all three of us to die because we don't seem like we've cared throughout the film. And that's not even, the things I'm talking about, guys, aren't even the bad things in the film. Yeah. You've got a geologist with a 3D map of the fucking spaceship who gets <laughs> lost. Why? Why is, he, why is he lost? And he's such an unbearable prick. Like, Sean that Harris. guy, um, he's an incredible actor. Uh, John Harris is a shit. And, like, <laughs> he comes across... He, he, like, he's, Sean sorry, Harris. No, John Harris is Sean a Harris. shit. He's great at... Sean, sorry, Sean Harris. But he doesn't... But he's great at playing them. You know, he's done it in Harry Brown and, 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 and yeah, many movies. Doesn't. Possum. I don't know if you guys have seen that horror film. Quality. Done, uh, done by um, uh, the guy who wrote Garth Marenghi, uh, Matt, Matthew Holness. Anyway, I digress. Um, great character. Okay, you want to lean into him being a bit of a bit of a knob. Why? Why always in these TV shows are these people who get on on, on in spaceships where you're supposed to be quite like calm? Are you hiring these egomaniacs? And like that's that was, <laughs> that's all he is in it. And then he gets lost. And then him and his other mate try talking to like a snake well, he, that's got he, a vagina. That's very small. And, and he's the I think he's the biologist. He should know about creatures. Don't go near a creature you don't know what it is. He's like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, he's the biologist and he's the one taken by surprise by the creature. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, shit, no, this is cool. No, I'm going to... Because I'll be honest with you, yeah. it and half looked like a king cobra. Like, and I, I might... I was kind of like, I'm probably not going to get too close to it until we sort of like observe its behaviour from afar. Hmm. Um and then again, like in terms in terms of being scientists, a, a mistake Alien, uh, the movie Alien never makes. When they go down to um, LV four twenty six or the, the neighbouring planet Acheron, what what I can't remember now. They don't take off their helmets. They're on an alien planet, which is which is after um, this movie in terms of timeline. And I, I think yeah, and yeah. Like they don't take it off. Like as soon as they land on that planet, they're like, "Oh, the air's breathable. Cool. Well, let's get let's get these masks off because I'm, I'm pretty certain there won't be a single virus on this planet." That's it. Straight away, helmets off. Yeah. But how do you well, know? COVID taught you nothing. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I know it was before that, but you know. yeah, no, you know. <laughs> but yeah, like you wouldn't. You just you just wouldn't do it. You just wouldn't do it. Like the captain only asks about the atmosphere of the planet when he decides to enter the planet's atmosphere. So, so what's this atmosphere like? Oh, it's pretty rough. Oh, cool. Maybe we should have done a scan before we... Oh, don't worry about that. Man. Just, also, why, why do they park on. so far away from the actual building? Like, ugh, there's a storm coming. Oh, it's going to take you 15 minutes to, uh, to get to us. How about you bring the big fucking ship to us? There's no rhyme or reason why you couldn't. Unless they're like, maybe, and there was no pot 
plot exposition of, well, what happens if that ship decides to explode or do something weird? Like you can have, if you want to do something like that, you can just use a script, a script to have a conversation where you give them that exposition without it being unnecessarily clanky or like they're looking at the yeah, camera yeah, yeah. winking going, this is going to be important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, but, I mean, the other thing is, right, like maybe it was, so there was sufficient distance. So when the ship crashes and Charlize Theron is running away from a ship, that she's got enough distance go, to run in a way. straight fucking line. <laughs> this is someone who's been entrusted with all of... Um, Wayland Utani's basically future assets, and she can't think that when a big long thing that's about to hit the deck is is above her, she should just run like you say, which sideways. <laughs> yeah. And it's just all these things that it's just absolutely like there's no way Cameron would have let any of that shit slide. Like he wouldn't have allowed this sort of behaviour. Like don't hire Guy Pierce to play an old person. I hire get a that. great yeah. <laughs> hire a great. Oh, the reason they did that is because they, they did film a scene with a young guy Pierce at the beginning and it, and it got cut yeah, like, okay. yes they should have definitely thought once that got cut thought let's not use the I was watching it going why are they using Guy Pierce in prosthetics oh, why haven't they got like why haven't they got John Hurt to do it or you know like someone oh, exactly. you know a, a real actor to play an old person like, well get, just... get um, Lance Henriksen for fuck's yeah. sake like, like ultimately like isn't I'm sure in, in one other movie oh well no sorry Lance he- Henriksen it's um, Alien versus Predator he's, we he's, shan't talk about that yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And also, they used his features to say he was the guy who created yeah, the yeah, bishops, yeah, yeah, yeah. as opposed mm. to. So they, I guess they couldn't. But they've encountered to that. Like, okay, you were thinking that there was going to be one scene where you were going to show the younger version of them, but then seventy percent of it was going to be an old person. Surely it would have been cheaper to have done the one scene as uh, making an old person yeah, younger. Yeah, 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 I'm with you. And do. 70% of it with the having to make him look really old. And again, it's one of those ones where like, it's good makeup, but I, I, I can't good. help. It's not good enough for me to not see through it. You know? It looks and like not, Johnny Knoxville playing like in Jackass where he's like <laughs> grandpa. <I'd> grandpa. <laughs> absolutely, man. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, I don't know. I've probably got a lot more hot air about. It. I've probably noted more more stuff yeah. down like this. But um, the black goo never made any sense. No. Um, there's no yeah no payoff to the tacked on ending um, of the alien coming out of the yeah. and then never getting any oh, yeah. answers from it, even though they had a sequel to it called Alien Covenant, and it still hasn't. That's what I was going to say. Did I fall asleep and miss something? Why? <laughs> like. So, so the engineers created us, and what they hated us so much that they then wanted to destroy us. Yes. What's what, why? It doesn't I think answer, we, like, we were getting like, out maybe it's because I haven't watched it enough now. Yeah, maybe. Like, I, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, it looks like they were creating for some reason chemical like bio bio weapons, hmm. and maybe they were going to drop. Maybe, maybe there's like this difference in there's a schism in the planet of. Um, where the engineers come from, where some of them thought, let's let's create a planet full of life. And a bunch of others were like, we don't think that's a particularly good idea. So we're going to get rid of it at some, some point later. They find out about it. Who knows? It's like, but why have I got to, I don't want to be spoon fed. Like, I, I, mm. you know, I understand nuance and enjoy it and leaving questions unanswered. But I, I like to think that you've made, you've given me enough to be able to draw some reasonable conclusions from a film and I don't think like Ridley Scott 
laid those breadcrumbs enough for it to, yeah. for me to, to piece it together in, a, in an enjoy in an enjoyable way and you've got people trying to post rationalize the genius of it yeah. and i'm not so sure about all of that like you can post rationalize a thing to sound smart but i don't think it did the job what doesn't make sense to me is so these alien these these alien engineers they've got the technology to to generate life they essentially made life on our planet then they go away they've also been observing our planet and then think oh no that's getting out of control we need to destroy it why don't you just blow it up why don't you like you know you've got technology that you could probably just destroy the planet why create some devastating creature bioengineered creature that then by the look yeah. of it also kills you <laughs> and then put together some weird kind of map for us to then evolve long enough to be able to travel across space to go and find but no, that don't make any sense it gives me a headache <laughs> it, it really does like, I, I say, yeah. I say, I say, just take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. That's what oh, they yeah. should have done. It's like, like you know, I think Hicks suggested it in Aliens. Yeah. It'd have been a lot simpler. Just fucking yeah. nuke us. Like, there's play, obviously there's probably plenty of there's, if you're if you've got that sort of ability to travel through space, I'm sure you can find other other planets that entertain life. Well, yeah. I yeah. mean, even just like come down and cause some disasters, like blow up all the nuclear reactors we've got on Earth. You know, you're. Pff, why create the aliens? Introduce <laughs> introduce the iPhone and yeah. just watch societies and, and social media just watch society collapse itself over like the course of a hundred years. Climate's gonna get us anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's it. We're done. What's the sequel that surprised you the most? As in a good way, as in you might have not enjoyed or you thought you can better it. And then um I know we mentioned twenty forty nine Blade Ooh. Runner. I think that's a good example. It is, it is, Dave, and we could we can talk about that. I'll try and think of another one, but I happy happily dive into twenty forty nine as well. Yeah. So, were you a, a big Blade Runner fan? Uh, reasonably big. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of those weirdly it does it a lot in Aliens. It's Rain, and obviously in Blade Runner it does. And 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 certainly I've got a massive affinity for Rain, and I think like a lot of that stems from the movies. Movie, another great movie is uh, The Crow, and uh, that's raining in that all the time. And um, yeah, so I, I think part of my thing affinity to rain comes from that and Blade Runner. And yeah, it was it was incredible. But um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I guess it's it's a good example. Um, You're Dave, welcome. So thanks for doing. Well, my you work brought it up earlier. Here. I'm just following the because, breadcrumbs that you, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I might have might have picked it because I had like. Like because they keep botching, sort of like when they want to come back. Let's let's take for yeah. example Total Recall. Like, and yeah. like I mean, like I I didn't quite understand the mechanic of drilling through the earth to get to work. Seemed a bit odd. I mean, it's a big sci-fi concept, well done, but it's one of those ones that probably should have just stayed as a as a post-it note, <laughs> and then gone. Uh, ultimately, yeah, good idea, but in practical, I think it's going to... So anyway, so Total Recall came and went, and like they've done this with a few other things. I'm, I'm undecided about the reboot of sort of Robocop. So even though 2049 was um, not a reboot, it was a, it was an actual dedicated sequel, I was kind of like, oh, uh, you know, we've seen... Yeah. Some, I mean, look, look at Aliens mm. and, and Terminator as well. I mean, oh, fucking... Oh, God, if... So one of the movies I won't say the name of is the the third in the Terminator series. It angered me so much. Um, 
So I was, yeah, no. So anytime that you, you're looking to reapproach science fiction, I don't think they do a good job. Like, I don't think CGI and us being really good at CGI has done science fiction that many favours. And you, and you think it, sh- it, it, it should have done. It should have done, and like, yeah. Still some of the best science fiction of the last 20 years is like the indie stuff. Hmm. Um, so, yeah. Because so yeah, you have so to 24- make the story spot on, don't you? You have yeah. to make the story perfect yes. so that, because you you can't rely on that CGI stuff, so where big budget movies just can rely on people going, "Wow, wasn't that great?" It's like watching. I mean, I've said how good James Cameron is, but I'm going to go back on them. It's like watching Avatar now. When you <laughs> yeah. watched Avatar in three oh, D in the cinema, and you're yeah. like, "Whoa, oh, this is it amazing!" Was so good, yeah, yeah. And now you watch it back on DVD and go, "This is Fern <laughs> Gully." <laughs> 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 yeah, it is different. It is a um, different um, experience. But like yeah. you say, like that that avatar in the um, in the uh, in in the cinema was just something else. People were getting depression, weren't they? Because life wasn't as good as uh, where he's on Pandora. He's in this beautiful. <laughs> I mean, that's brilliant. If your film does that to people, then you know you're doing the right thing. Um, I am absolutely lost in where we are. are we, uh, um, we yeah, go on to twenty forty nine. So we build up to it. Yeah, were you so were you nervous about it because it wasn't Ridley Scott and it was Denise Villeneuve? Uh, less, 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 because um, I think Ridley Scott had already had, had, had um, yes, he done had. Prometheus by that point. So like, I, I, like, like he tarnished his name like massively. So like, I, I just felt like he'd lost it. Unfortunately, that's how I felt. I felt like he'd lost it, and um, and so yeah, and uh, then it's done. The Martian um, was good. Oh, I haven't seen the Martian. Oh, it's great. I've seen it. Yet. You should check. Oh, that I out. absolutely will. Is that Ridley Scott? Yep. Okay, I'll watch it's it. It's on Disney Plus, four K. Looks amazing. Excellent. Okay, done. I'll watch that. I, I, I don't want to be upset with Ridley Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, Dennis had done, and he'd done. Um, what's it called before that? Arrival, Arrival which was great, I, and I thought it was really good. I, again, big science fiction concepts in there executed well time traveling through the use of language what yeah that's brilliant what a what a, a beautifully strange abstract concept that's just right and so yeah i kind of yeah 2049 i think does what a, a good sequel like aliens does which is it builds on the suggestions and narratives and thought lines as a as a means to narrate so like take away the direct the, the dop and how well it's shot yeah. like all that stuff like storyline and the questions it's asking like it, it develops beyond like premises in 2049 like can you be in love with an android can you find like deckard or is deckard an android again is, mm. is another big question you all that and can an android find love in in something else and and that is the ai um his, his ai counterpart played by a wonderful actress uh the, the french actress um Pants. Emma, the Emma, I can't. The one who was in Bond recently. Yeah, yeah I yeah. don't want to massacre her name, but I know who you mean. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she, she's just incredible in that, and and their relationship is just wonderful. And it's like also raising questions of does it matter that she might actually just be a program and doesn't really love him, but is giving that android all the full sensations of what a loving partner should do. And is the Android actually experiencing love or is it just ticking all the boxes that has been programmed to perceive as love? So it's all these like things. And that's really not even, these are like the more subtle notes of, of, of that movie and bringing, bringing all the other characters back and in, in the way they did, I, I thought was wicked. I, I, I'm really a bit, um, I think I'm in love with Ryan Gosling. Who um, is? I think he could turn me um, to be honest with you. 
Um, I think it probably surprised Molly if she says, if there's one celebrity that, you know, you're allowed to cheat on me with, and I go, Ryan Gosling, I think that's going to upset her. <laughs> it, no, it won't. It won't. She'll be happy. Um, but I think Ryan Gosling, I, I love him. I think he's a great actor. I think he's done a, a really good body of work. I, I, Notebook's a great movie. <laughs> I really liked it. Maybe because I saw it with my girlfriend. But um, I, I, yeah, I think he's great. I think he's done loads of good stuff and he's a good guy. I think he, I think he did well at sort of like picking up as the, one of the main protagonists in it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think it's a great sequel. It does all the right things, and it's shot like. I mean, have you guys watched June? Yeah, oh, yeah, I have. Uh, not. I haven't seen it yet. No, I really. It's Dave's fault. I haven't seen it. So, what did you Dave. make me watch instead? Dave? Eternals. <laughs> I haven't seen Eternals yet. What? What? what it's okay. It's, it's right. okay, but it's not as bad as people were making it out to be. But it, I'll, I'll wish I'd watched June. <laughs> it's not a sequel. It's not a sequel. <laughs> I mean, Eternals isn't really a sequel, is it, Dave? Come on, it's franchise. We shoehorned it in. <laughs> uh, do you prefer Twenty Forty Nine to the original Blade Runner? That's my final question on this one. Maybe I do. So I, I'm really sorry. Uh, it, 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 I, 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 I think if you put a gun to my head, Dave, I'd probably say yes. Yeah. There's no and shame. I, and I, no, no, and it's not. It's not the shame. It's that I haven't. I've watched Blade Runner Twenty Forty Nine probably three times in the last mm. five years and I haven't watched Blade Runner. I've probably not watched it once. So I would have to really start going like for like, but maybe 2049 for me. Right. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Okay, I'll, I'll... That's, that's quite sorry, nice. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be a pain there. You're nicely in the middle of the two of us because I prefer Blade Runner. Mm. Dave prefers Blade Runner 49. And then you're nicely in the middle of... Yeah. Being, yeah. Uh, nicely, i.e. <laughs> sitting on the fence, coward. <laughs> it's a safe place to be, Chris. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, normally yeah. where I put myself. What is your dream sequel? Right. So, just for everyone listening, to cement the fact that I've got an obsession about aliens. <laughs> um, again, um, as a kid, I said to you guys that it like it had a massive impact on me, and um, so I'd read a, read a lot of comics, like kind of like. Almost before I started reading, reading sort of superhero comics, I was reading indie comics and not really realising that, because no one comes up to you and says, hey, kid, you know that these these aren't what everyone's reading? So it was strange. I was reading all the Dark Horse comics and Aliens and Predator were, were, were a lot of their line. They did release a lot of stuff. I think uh, Neil Gaiman had quite a few bits on there as well. Like, I don't think Sandman might have been on that. But yeah, so, so there was a wonderful, in about 1992, Mark Verheiden wrote, um, and it's not Paul Verhoeven. So for years, I Paul, Paul Verhoeven, who, who done Robocop and Mark Verheiden were brothers, not related at all. <laughs> but I've got ter- a terrible habit of muddling up names as uh, Stu always makes fun of me over. But Mark Verheiden wrote, he wrote the Aliens comics that were, went down really well. And then he wrote uh, Aliens Earth War. And I think after watching Aliens and then having these four comics that were Aliens Earth War, I kind of always thought that's where they would just go because Alien Three hadn't come out, and I was like, it, it, like it's so. It's some people criticise Earth War, but not to the extent where like they couldn't have maybe refined aspects of it for for live action, and yeah. it was it was really good, and it kind of a bit like we keep saying about sequels, like how you can build upon what might have been shown previously in, in previous films and, and themes and expand upon them like 2049 did or aliens or terminator 2 which you know is, is that the absolute bomb yeah it does that in aliens earth war and it basically so i have I just been hoping for that movie probably more for more than 
any other film at, you know I, I could what's the plot um, I don't know what it is I was just going to say Dave. Dave's not big into comics mm. so I yeah. don't think he knows the, the story yeah what's the yeah, story yeah sure well it's basically so it's about set 10 years later after the events of like them escaping LV426 and uh, Newton Hicks are sort of like um, sort of like running around doing hijinks and stuff like that and they've, they've had some other side sort of quests let's say and uh, and, and they're reunited with Ripley because what's happened is like LV426 isn't the only place. It starts coming to pass that, you know, as as human beings like push out into the galaxy, you know, there's aliens have found themselves onto other planets. And so, mm. you know, whereas Ripley and that might have been quite successful of um, nuking the site from orbit and not letting any aid. If you forget about Alien 3, don't imagine that anyone got impregnated. They'd just done their job like they did in Aliens and they, they were dead. But... Not everyone had been so successful because you haven't got the world's greatest protagonist in my eyes is Lieutenant Ellen Ripley. Like, no, beyond any shadow of a doubt, she's the greatest action hero of time. Um, obviously, other people failed at it. And so aliens work their way onto spaceships and, and whatnot. And before you know it, they've found them way back, their way back to Earth. And so, like, Earth is in sort of like a, a, a state of absolute disarray hmm. and so um alongside this what what this is the bit of the plot that i might change if i was to write as a script i'm not sure it worked for me um as a kid and as a teen but now i'm not sure but effectively what happens is ripley ripley and you in particular start having a lot of dreams which is of um another alien queen basically and uh, it keeps sort of like they keep getting drawn to, to sort of like a, a certain place in space and effectively they go they they realize that through their intimate contact with the aliens and stuff and, and it's never really explained in aliens so it is a it is a fair draw from it what Verheiden's done is that the, the queen sort of like there's suggestion in aliens that how is she communicating with the other the, the, the drones and it's a, psych, a psychic connection what they basically start to say is maybe Sigourney through a contact with them because no one else has really contacted had that close contact. She has some residual um, connection and it draws them to a planet where Queen of Queens is. And basically through like, you know, cool stuff, they end up catching the alien queen and um, getting rid of that planet. And then being like, it seems that, you know, most of the aliens have been getting drawn to earth, whether or not that's because, they feel like that's a, a great source of food or whatever. So they decide just they're going to dump the queen on Earth and then they're just going to scratch Earth because the planet is like, we've gone everywhere now. We're interstellar. So it's not like we have to stay on Earth and Earth is absolutely hopelessly fucked. And so I guess that's the plot line, basically. But how the comic, it's been years since I read it, but the, the comics was quite a nice little simple three-act structure. It was in four four editions. But, you know, with a little bit of work, they could have they could have done it really nicely. And it, so I was always hoping for, for that sort of thing. It brought in new sort of like people along the way as well, new characters and stuff like that. And I just thought that would have been a much nicer way to sort of like maybe end it if you wasn't going to just have it perpetually yeah. going on forever like they seem to do now. But and it would be able to, you'd be able to do the thing that Aliens does, which is slightly shift genre again, because you could shift the genre to be like a, almost like a zombie movie, almost like a po- post-apocalyptic <laughs> yeah. kind of zombie movie where the aliens have infested Earth 
and it's the people yeah. trying to survive. You know, it's a survival movie. It's a really good you shout, know? mate. Actually, and and actually, there there is a. I've never thought of this, but there are scenes like that. Definitely, once they land, when they come back to Earth, there are scenes where they're kind of like sneaking around, but it doesn't mm. look like this claustrophobic um, sort of like lab, like it is in, yeah. in Aliens. It's much more, you know, fucked up skyscrapers and you know. Yes, I know. Absolutely. You could. You could slightly, you know, again. And, and I think that would be good for it as well. I think that would be a natural transition that you mm. could you could have done with that whole thing and then been like, OK, and there's the end. And uh, congratulations, you've, you've nailed a trilogy there. But instead, they never did it. Like in Resurrection, I'm sure at the end of Resurrection, they're hurtling. Like, isn't one of the, the shit they're on sort of like burning yes. up over yeah. Earth's orbit? And I kind of thought, I was like, oh, maybe they're... This is how we're going to get there. And they've got plans to do Earth War. So even then, my poor little brain was like screaming out to think that they were actually going to just follow the comics. Because so many times comics write narrative stories better than what, what movies do. And I guess yeah. as a kid as well, I didn't quite understand that sometimes what works in a comic might not work in a big budget film. So maybe my, my this being a dream, dream film might actually in production be a an absolute fucking disaster. But I think with the right person, like for example, the, the chap who did District Nine and that, I think he would have. I think he would have honoured Aliens yeah. better than what Ridley Scott did. But mm. from, from what from what I hear, so is it Neil Blomkamp from My Massacre? Yeah, in no, that's right. I th- I read an interview and he says I think my um, what was the one after District Nine? Chappie. I I, I quite like Chappie. I, I must say I quite like Chappie. Um, but he feels that that might. Have he put, did too. Um, he did. Scott he did Chappie off. and Elysium. With Matt Damon, Elysium, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. I liked both. I liked. It. I liked that. He's world. a really good world builder really cool world in films uh, and uh, visual style. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think he. I'd have been up for an Alien Five of of him. Would you have brought back um, Sigourney Weaver? You would have massively, wouldn't you? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I I, I don't know because because of, of how far times pass now. But again, I think if you're good at writing a story, you can you can make that all you know absolutely believable like it's a weird one because i don't know like, i love the idea of having michael bean back as as hicks and um and and newt but i mean like it's all like so much time has passed now maybe they've maybe there's parts of this mechanic that as i say in production maybe it doesn't work maybe it's just a child if, if you were making this after aliens before alien 3 doesn't exist so we're talking maybe early 90s that's prime sigourney weaver wouldn't you that would definitely oh mate Oh, God, can you imagine that? I mean, she was great in Alien 3, to be fair. Alien 3, like, I, I said Aliens was a little bit hopeless. What I meant by that was their engagements with the aliens are hopeless. At the end, mm. there's a note of there is hope. Alien 3 is just the most dour movie. Like, There's not really any no. hope or humour really in it. But she's great in it. Like, She shaves her head. She couldn't be more like ultimate female badass, you know? I mean, she did yeah. Ripley set, the, set a tone for women filling those roles like Linda, Linda Hamilton then being like in Terminator 2 and and, and 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 you know I think she really did set the set the template for that um so she would have been great yeah, and yeah. she was peak Sigourney Weaver yeah yeah I'd quite like to see an alien almost like old man Wolverine um like I'd quite like to see kind of like an older Sigourney Weaver an old, uh, old lady Ripley and uh right. yeah how that works out and how like you know life has completely changed but now yeah, like I say, like aliens are taking over Earth, but she's older and she's and Newt's grown up in this, and maybe maybe Newt's got kids, you know, like 
you know, I'd love to see that kind of. I think you've. I think that's a yeah. great pitch, mate. Thanks, Grandma for Ripley. Pitch. <laughs> but yeah, do old, old old man old man Wolverine cracking absolutely shit hot comic. Yeah, absolutely, man. Just again, what was that as a western? Yeah. So so like you know, in, in in a way, like you could again just slightly twist that genre, twist it in another way. Again, like what they did with Bone Tomahawk, and um. And make a make an incredible film. Yeah, have her doing this redemption plot and like, you know, come on, let's 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 put this um let's let's defeat the alien uh, menace and also let's put this franchise to bed now and stop mm. shitting in my heart, guys. Stop shitting in my soul. Like stop doing it with Terminator. I was about to stop ask what are your feelings on alien versus predator films, and then we'll leave it. Oh mate, I I was so excited, Dave, about it that um I was so excited. And I watched a hooky copy. So this is like mid-2000s. I was a broke-ass human being. I watched a hooky copy. It was a terrible copy. And again, I was a bit like, you know, like Matrix Road. I was like, uh, was that a good film? <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if that was a good film. Because it had some good stuff. Like they fought a queen at the end and there were some predators and there was aliens and they were having fights. And it was in a temple. And I think that could work. But I'm not sure if it did. Like, And there you go. Like, again... If you're a fan of the comics, there's Aliens versus Predator. I'm sure it's called Prey. Mm. Holy shit, it's an incredible comic. Why are they ever but Why someone just didn't walk it into into someone in a producer's thing and yeah. go, oh, "It's done for you, mate." Yeah, it's all written. You want, <laughs> yeah. An incredible female Japanese protagonist and just an incredible plot that has elements of alien in it, like like an isolated farming community and 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 and, and obviously the Predator. It's just the it's incredible. Mm. So yeah, it's it's. A, yeah, it's not good. And then there's Requiem, and that's just another... Sort of that's movie. one of my least favourite movies ever, I think. Alien vs. Predator 2. I <laughs> it's definitely the worst it. sequel we've been made to watch <laughs> while doing this. It's so... Uh, well, I don't know. I think Weekend at Bernie's oh, 2 might be the worst well. sequel I've had to watch. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Alien vs. Predator 2 just wasted, wasted what could have been a good concept. And like you say, it was already written. It was there was already a you know the comics existed just use them instead I felt like I just watched a black screen for an oh it's so shot so dark wasn't it <laughs> yeah ridiculous it was it just was, yeah it was nonsense dirge. and Dave you watched you watched Alien vs Predator I watched both of them yeah I, I remember watching the Alien vs <laughs> I've gone into this another point I really bought into the the build up to Alien vs Predator because they did a quite good job of selling it because the director was like yeah we've got these massive people with massive guns and they showed a clip of like three Predators on like a pyramid predators. thing just chopping down <laughs> hundreds of aliens it was amazing. Oh, I was like, yeah. oh my God, this is finally going to be it. And then it was a puddle of dog shit. And I hate it. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a mass disappointment. Uh, it's one of those ones. The more I've watched about three times and like now I'm just it's not like, worth it it's, it's not worth it. Just leave it as it is. Stop hurting myself. Instead, I go back and watch um, Piranha 2. Uh, directed by James Cameron. And in his words, the best uh, movie about uh, piranhas that can fly. <laughs> it's also up there with like I, I I really did enjoy Piranha. So those were Chris Glasson's unequal sequels. I think I spotted a theme, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> another week, another theme. No, but I loved it. It was great. I did too. It's it's weird that we've gone a while without talking about aliens. You know, we've been doing this for a long time. And we've not. How can no one pick aliens? I know. It's the not, first. Not had aliens come up, have we? Ah, oh, 
Yeah, I've been waiting for it. And it was so good chatting. And obviously a mega fan. Yeah. This is a mega, mega fan of Aliens and the whole franchise. Do you know so what? if you could tell. It was really nice to just talk about comic books I've actually read. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea what was going on for most of those comic book discussions. I was just nodding like, yeah, yeah. Because normally we talk about yeah. movies that I've not seen quite often. And you know all about them because you've seen everything. And so it was nice for me to go, oh, I've read these comic books he's talking about. That's really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Should I point out that Prometheus isn't really a sequel, but, you know... Yeah, it's a prequel, really, isn't it? But, ah, yeah. but still, it's, it's, in a, it's a franchise film, and I wanted to talk about it, so... Yeah, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. We can bend the rules for Chris. We can bend the Absolutely. rules. Absolutely, we've bent the rules for other people. Yeah, so. yeah, we just bend the rules a little bit for Chris. I mean, I've got to be honest, I don't think Prometheus is necessarily the worst in the Alien franchise either. Either Alien vs Predator two, that's you. Ah, it's personally, <laughs> personally to him, it was. Yeah, definitely, absolutely. I completely understand where he's coming from on that. Yeah, yeah. And like you say, the first half an hour of setting up that film is is really good, but then the rest is shocking. Yeah, it doesn't have the payoff in any way. It's one of those films I've watched a long time ago. I thought, okay, I didn't enjoy it really. Maybe I'll enjoy it this time. Yeah, and then it's just not satisfying, is it? It's just not. Yeah, yeah. it's like a bad meal. Going, you when you you go into a good restaurant, you're like, oh, it's this chef, yeah. that chef you really love is going to make this meal. And you're like, and you might have a really good starter, and you think, oh my god, this and then is your main course, main course tastes like dessert, you know, raw turnips. <laughs> yeah, and I loved, and as I haven't read any Dalian uh, comics, I loved his dream sequel. I'd be bang up. Yeah, that. yeah. I think there's so much scope to to make a really good alien sequel, which skips. Like destroys Alien Three and Four uh, and and all the rest of it. You know, I think there's there's real scope there. I think he's you know, yeah, yeah. There's a real good shout to genre swap as well. You know, to to like make it make it switch it up again. So it was a, yeah. Alien was a horror. Aliens is an action movie. Make the next one. You know, apocalypse, a western, a western or an apocalyptic zombie movie. You know that kind of yeah. There's so much scope that, uh, to do stuff. That would be great. Rich, wh- where can they listen to Chris? Uh, you can find Chris on Hardcore Listings, uh, which is a brilliant podcast where Chris and Stu either talk about their top five things or they get guests on to talk about their, their top five things. And you can find them on all your good podcasting places. They are part of the Distraction Pieces Network. Go and check them out. Yeah, it's great. And we've been on that, so check our episode of that out. Yeah. And we had Stu Whiffin, who is the co-host of that podcast. He was on last week to go check our podcast of that out from our timeline. Is that the right way of saying it? Was it last week or was it the week before last? Week before last. Sorry, you're correct. (laughs) And where can they find our podcast, Rich? Well, you find our podcast on all your good podcasting platforms. You can find us on Google. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Acast. You can even find us on Apple. No, I've already said that one, haven't I? Google? I said Google. I did. Spotify. I didn't That's say Spotify. One. That was the one I didn't say. I mean, you can cut that together to make it sound good, can't you, Dave? Or you can just leave it as it is and make me sound like a Wally, which is yes, sure is what I'm you're going to actually do. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us on the internet, our, on Twitter and Instagram at Unequal Sequel. Uh, I'll do the email this week. Uh, you can email us if you want at unequalsequel at hotmail.com. If you have any comments or you just want to say, guys, you're doing a really good job. Um, 
send those comments to us. <laughs> also, please rate and review on Apple and Spotify or wherever you can do that kind of shit. I don't actually know, but we would love some more five star reviews. Oh yeah, uh, that's all. That's all from me this week. Come back next week. I just want to know, you, Dave, before yeah. we go. Are you now doing the socials and the email because it's not funny because I don't get it wrong every week now? Yes. Damn it. Just because I was getting it right, now you're taking it away from me. <laughs> Hopefully you'll forget it next week. You'll come back and say it wrong and I'll be happy. <laughs> so that's a goodbye from me. Bye-bye. And it's a goodbye from him. Bye. See you next week. Have a good one. <laughs>